Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Well, good morning, everyone. You're tuned to Community Radio 3CR. Time is just after 7.30 and, of course, it's time for the 3CR Gardening Show. My name's Pam Vardy. First up, we have to welcome back all the way from Kyneton, Margot MacDonald. Good morning, Margot. Good morning, Pam. Good morning, listeners. And how's the nursery going? Uh, well, it's just turned into the summer madness. Uh, right. <laughs> messy. Yes, we're under... The nursery sits in a backyard and it's under uh, birch trees and all the, you know, the catkins and oh, seeds are just right. dropping. And then we've got rosellas. They come and chip off all the growth. So you come in the morning, it's just a sea of, <laughs> of litter over everything. But um, no, we've had a great spring. It's been absolutely fabulous, beautiful colour and uh, lots of enthusiasm and have uh, been really enjoying it. And we, we keep getting rain just at the right times, just when I'm thinking everything's drying out too much. Yes, it, and what a season for good. roses and things. It's just, oh. the, the flowering's been spectacular. It has been incredible, hasn't it? It's still it? doing it up there. We're just on the tail end, whereas Melbourne finished a while ago, mm. the, the spring flush, but mm. we're always later, so we get an extra long season. Lucky you. Yeah. <laughs> that compensates for your winters, Margot. Shh. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. We also have to say a very good morning to Graham Morrison. Good morning, Graham. Good morning, Pam. Good morning to the listeners out there as well. Now, the rain's been good. I think halfway into, or over halfway into November, we'd had about seven mils in Melbourne. Then, of course, we got up over the average, I think, ended up at about 65 mils. And since then, of course, we've had a bit. I looked in our gauge this morning out there, 12 mils overnight as well. So, wow. Like Margot said, things have looked so great. You know, roses, particularly in gardens, they've really shone out this year. They're just the, 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 the amount of rain that we've had has really suited the gardens, and things are looking so well. My vegetable garden's looking good, Pam. I've got zucchinis and capsicums and tom- 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 tomatoes, cu- 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 cucumbers there, sweet, sweet corn, and all things look, look, looking good. Right. A few uh, white fly in the tomatoes, I've got to admit, at the moment, so I think they're always a bit of a pest. Mm. But uh, I was reading some uh, uh, literature through the, through the week just talking about the benefits of some of the, uh, the vegetables and uh, our mothers used to, t- to tell us, you know, eat your broccoli. I you know they were pretty, pretty, pretty right on that, by the sound of it. Uh, I saw a research thing there, and they talked to, 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 talking about uh, uh, effects on o- o- autism. And they had forty boys and guys that had uh, autism, and over an eighteen-week uh, period, they, uh, they they gave them a bro- broccoli, and dramatic results. They they they, they improved their their you know their their ability to do. To read and that sort of thing, uh, so, so much so. Asparagus has been given the the super status, one of the healthiest veg- veg- vegetables on the face yeah. of the earth. It regulates your, sh- your blood sugar levels. Uh, uh, Turmeric is another one they're giving a, a big uh, a, 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 a write up on now. Uh, it reduces the risks of al- Alzheimer's by a, a fair sort of a, a percentage. Of, I thought I'd throw those stats and bit of research that I read, 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 read to our listeners out there, and they might be more 
likely to at, at least eat their broccoli, eh? Absolutely, <laughs> yes. I wonder if it's specifically the broccoli or whether it's leafy greens or... Yeah, true, true. I think they're more, more specific, specific from what they, they, okay. they, they, they're talking about. You know, they certainly analyse the things for antioxidants and, yep. antioxidants and vitamins and things. So it's, uh, yeah... Like uh, Gwen, last week I was listening to your program. She rang up and t- t- talking about. I think they were using a tobacco plant for a bolo, a bolo tr- tr- treatment that's for right. the horrible uh, uh, disease that's killing so many people. And uh, you know, our vegetables and uh, probably fr- fr- fruit as well. They come into their own so so much. I think uh, from Pam's. Uh, 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 Information that she was give, give, giving you there, uh, you know, just shows the value of having seed banks around the world too, doesn't it? To, oh yes. You know, it's, it's a crime that so many plants on the face of the earth are being uh, lo- lo- lost forever, and uh, if you, you know wherever possible to get uh, seed banks as so they can retain these things, you never know when you know uh, for breeding purposes or for you know all these di- 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 different uh, th- th- things where the, the chemical. It's such a it's a really complicated uh, uh, business out there, isn't it? With the many many uh, thousands, I suppose, of di- 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 different mo- molecules and things, mm. and we we can't necessarily synthesise them. Uh, the, the the plants have done this sort of thing for us and provided some wonderful things that we you know. Uh, Potential uh, use for our health, I think. Absolutely. Well, Graham, you're looking wonderfully healthy. I think retirement's suiting you, and you must be oh, eating yeah. more vegetables because <laughs> you never look so young. <laughs> That's nice. You, you, you can stay, stay, stay Margaret. You, you're beautiful yourself. <laughs> Thank God for radio. <laughs> I think on that note, we'd better say good morning to AB. Good oh, morning, everybody. Lovely to be here again. I'm very excited about Graham topic of conversation with the with the superfoods because it's something that's close to my heart I enjoy reading and learning about all the incredible qualities of of different foods and especially you know we get so used to hearing superfoods are these you know foods and berries and whatnot from the jungles and and all these exotic places that um, you know we couldn't possibly get to but then when you really examine some of the vegetables and and fruits and everything that we grow here at home you know these guys have got their own, own amazing qualities yeah. and you know the asparagus you know it's very very good for our um, urinary tract system as well you know so, you know so all these incredible qualities that these common plants have got um, yeah I, I just think it's wonderful that they're actually doing the research so yeah yeah chia is another one I noticed you know that gets a big write up of course what they call them power bombs the little seeds and the Aztecs, they'd uh, have a. The story went that they'd have a handful of uh, uh, chia, chia seeds, and they would be able to run and work all, all day on that, that on that sort of food. And they they really are stacked stacked with omega three fatty acids and antioxidants, and more antioxidants than blueberries, they say, sort of thing. That's right, at, and that's. Uh, at, uh, I noticed uh, be the, in, in the supermarkets that someone's commercially got onto them there. You see, Do you know what? It's a che- West Australian che- farmer che- and he w- was looking to diversify um, to grow something more suitable for his land and something that, you know, coped with dry conditions. So, and he thought, you know, what, what's out there that's becoming popular? 
oh, I'll give Chia a go. And his marketing has just gone off the roof. And you know, you can buy the Chia seeds. You can buy the in the um, in the um, fridge section. You can buy what they call Chia pods, which is just Chia mix. You know, like a birch and muesli kind of thing, but with Chia seeds. And boy, what a fantastic breakfast! You know, as you say, filled with those omegas. So yeah, you can't beat a Chia seed. Graham, you actually brought in some chia this morning. Yeah, little babies. (laughs) (laughs) Very very small. Tell us about the cultivation of them. Yeah. Have you you given it a go or is this your first attempt? Yes, for sure. No, no, no. I think uh, two two years of it at least. Last year I had it. It grows up to about two metres tall, tall sort of thing, so the, the plant itself gets... Pretty, you know, about a metre wide and maybe maybe metre and a half half tall. Uh, the sort of a bluey those that you talk about, they'd be like like pop pop pod things. Uh, <clears throat> I suppose about three or four centimetres long, and with, with with blue blue flowers. So it looks reasonably it's, att- is it att- a salvia? Att- att- attractive. Is it a salvia family? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah I sure. thought it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. salvia yeah. hispanica. I think it's a yeah. bit, bit botanical name is. Okay, and apparently they're quite easy to harvest the seeds. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, yeah. sure. So there's I, no I just, excuse for not yeah, growing yeah, your yeah. own. I just plucked all of the the, the, the stuff and actually I you know. Maybe Margo, that's where I look healthy, sort of thing. I don't know. <laughs> but but I, 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 I put the, the pods are still there, sort of thing. You can shake the seeds out of them, but pods have got the seeds in. So I put the whole lot in a, a cup, put some boiling water over the top, oh. and drink, drink it as a tea. You know? oh, oh, okay. It tastes, tastes reasonable, sort of thing. It's, it's good for you. And it swells, it doesn't it? It becomes yeah, almost gelatinous, and yeah, it's very good for your yeah, digestive tract. They, they mop up the, the, the water and sort of swell, like you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah very good for the, making desserts out of. Yeah, if you add a bit of cacao powder and a bit of coconut milk, and away you go. The best, most healthy dessert. Oh, there you go. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a cook, but that sounds good. <laughs> okay. When do you when do you know when the the seeds are ready to harvest, Graham? Yeah. Well, I guess they 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 went. You know, the, the flowers finish, of course, and it, the whole thing goes brown. And I, I pl- pl- plucked them off. I guess you know I. I looked from time to time to see whether the seeds were still in there, sort of thing. Yes, you know? right. And, and you start to think, to think, well, that's pretty brown, and they, they might be dropping their seeds, and you're l- 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 losing them, sort of thing. So it's time to pluck them off. Right. But uh, many, many, many seeds over the bush, sort of thing. You know, okay. Little pop pods with all the seeds in. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. There's there's something for all our listeners oh, to have yeah. an experiment with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Um, what I might do is quickly get to some community announcements. We don't have many because um, a lot of the gardening clubs are winding up for the year now, but uh, there are a couple here. Firstly, um, Villa Alba have got their last open day for the year on uh, this afternoon. That's uh, at 44 Walmer Street in Kew. Melway's reference there is 44H6, and uh, it's open from uh, 1 o'clock through till 4 o'clock, Admission is uh, $10. There's a concession of $8. Children are free. And, of course, afternoon tea is available with a $3 donation. Uh, now, also, um, this afternoon between 1.30 and 3 o'clock, the discovery table will be out in the Geelong Botanic Gardens. You can visit this discovery table to talk with a volunteer guide about the interesting plants, flowers and fruits on display. And uh, then you can take your choice of several self-guided walks. There's also children's activity sheets and information sheets on plants, birds and seasonal highlights. Uh, 
now they're um they're uh let me see uh yes yeah, so, so copies of the self-guided walks and the information sheets are also available as well as at the discovery table they'll be available at the tea house for anyone who likes to go into the geelong botanic gardens um and just today i don't know uh how well they'll do with the rain but hopefully the rain is going to be um easing off i believe by this afternoon uh, there's a big um, Christmas fair at Belinda Vale in Clarkfield. This is um, being held in conjunction with Open Gardens Australia. It was running yesterday, it's running again today. And uh, Belinda Vale is, um, has a, a magnificent garden that was uh, designed by Philip Johnson. And Philip is going to actually be in the garden today uh, conducting um, some guided tours around them around the garden at 11am and 2pm. And as well as that, of course, it's the big Christmas fair out there, so there'll be uh, lots of uh, different uh, stall holders setting up with all sorts of goodies uh, to tempt you for Christmas. Now, the address is um, 1556 uh, Lansfield Road in Clarkfield, uh, and it's open 10am this morning through to 4.30 this afternoon. Entry is $12 for adults, no charge for children under 18. And finally, uh, coming up for Christmas, uh, Friends of Burnley Gardens have got a Christmas plant sale on. This is next Tuesday, the 9th of December, 12 noon through to 3pm. They'll have a large range of native, exotic and produce plants. The location is outside the main building at Burnley Campus. There's paid parking available on Yarra Boulevard. So that's next Tuesday, 12 noon through till 3pm. Okay, it's uh, high time we invited our listeners to join us. If you have a gardening question this morning, we'd love to hear from you. The number is 94190155. Or we have Anne on the outside line this morning. If you'd like to have a chat to Anne, 419-8377. Graham, you've brought in some other plants too. Let's have a chat about some of those. Well, I'm showing off a bit here, Pam, or endeavouring to. I've got a, an, a, an eggplant here. Uh, I think uh, now it's uh, they they graft these the things. Uh, eggplants, as you would know, they're they're a little bit out of their territory here in Melbourne. In that mm. they need a, a warm. Uh, a bit warmer climate than we, we, we have, so generally it's a good idea to put them in a, a niche where it's fairly warm and, and, and to get them going fairly early in the season. Otherwise, you don't, probably up at Kyneton, you would have just a struggle, I think, there. Uh, Shh, Mar- 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 they still buy them. Well, they still have a go. Okay, yeah. But alternatively, if you get a stock, I think the one that they usually use was called Devil Plant. I don't know whether you've seen that one, but it's very—it's a spiky, spiky thing, uh, all solanaceous, of course, so that uh, they'll 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 take their uh, 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 to, to take the grafting from the. Uh, from the uh, eggplant, which of course is solanaceous uh, 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 as well, and uh, I've just uh, how do I to explain this to the listeners out there? I have a, a, a plant here with a, 
the, the stock, which is the, the, the wild, uh, this, this one is a wild t t t tobacco, I think. I've never really, uh, it comes up in my nursery. A couple came up in my garden at home. I don't know where they came from, sort of self-seeded sort of thing, but recognise it as a solanaceous, and I, I tried some graft on it. And as you can see, I've been successful there. You One, certainly have. two, th 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 three uh, on this uh, stock that's about uh, six, 60 centimetres t t t t tall. Uh, just a, a cleft graft, a cleft graft. Uh, you probably a lot of your listeners would 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 know you. You shape the little sign bit uh, like a screwdriver, if you like, uh, with with a knife, and then you just split 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 the uh, the, the, the the stock and, and and slide it in, and then bind it up with some with with some budding tape. Uh, and what, what I've done there, the, the little t t t top bits that I've inserted in, in, in there, that, that, that's Bonica. I just bought myself mm -hmm. a punnet of bo bo Bonica eggplant egg, 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 egg uh, seedlings. When they got up to about the size, you want to get the same diameter in the sign bit that you're putting on the top to what, what the st stock is so that they, they, they fit in and they, they, they match either side. So you've got plenty of chance, chance of the cambium layer matching and you, you get a take, a take there. But, uh, uh, you know, you, I've got an Italian friend who taught, taught, taught me how to do this sort of thing. Indeed, uh, a couple of other guys knew I would graft in the, in, in the nursery and they would bring their stocks along and I would gra 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 graft on for them and uh, they, they claim that they get many dozens of fruit on, on, on a tree because yes. you know, you've got this strong stock that supports a, a, a big head and they get m m m many, many, many fruits there. In the winter time if you if you're going frost prone areas, you know you've really got to put some covering over. Otherwise, the the, the grafts can actually die out. Right. But, but they they should. If you're a little bit of care like that, they can go on for three or four years. Mm. And uh, you know you have uh, so, so, so many fruits, and it it, it it works quite well. And you, how long are you going to leave the grafting tape on for, Graham? Yeah, I guess it could come up. That's only about two weeks out, to tell you the truth. So I think. Okay. The other good trick I've got these days is to put a uh, when you insert the, the grafts in there, put a plastic bag around, around yeah. and, and, and tie it sort of thing. It keeps the humidity in there, and uh, consequently, they're, they're more more likely to take. But uh, I guess another two weeks you take to take the tape off there. I think it's a great idea because you're using mm. a plant that is comfortable in your area. So, and often, you know, with cultivars, using that correct rootstock, you know, that really hardy rootstock is going to give the plant the best chance. So, I, yeah, I think that's very clever. And you've given me a great idea of grafting aubergine onto um, some kangaroo apple, which comes yes. up wild around my place. So, you know. And same family. Same family, yes. that's right, yeah. So, I, I wonder if that would really yeah, give them a, a greater chance yeah, with, with the hardy one, rootstock. I, yeah. I was reading actually if uh, people are interested out there in listening land, they if you look up the internet and you, you put you put on graft, grafted eggplants, there's a there's a dem, demo where you know the actual uh, you know it's very very, very well done. So oh, good. Showing how, how you can match the the uh, uh, Bonica or uh, uh, eggplant in, 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 into the stock. Excellent. And, and like you say, AB, that's so much so this thing, it grows wild and it's a very tough, tough thing and yep. it grows so well in in my district anyway. And so it's a, a suitable thing to 
get vigour into the uh, into the production. Yeah. And Graham, just a question mm. along the stems of the rootstock: mm. Will you be um, taking off some of the leaves yeah, good, and the, good, 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 the little good, shoots? Good, 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 good one, yes, for for for, for sure, Margot. Yeah, it's a. Uh, uh, otherwise, they'll just they'll take over and dominate for sure. No. Remiss, you can see little bits and pieces coming out there. And mm. I, I, but I, it's I, when to do it, isn't it? Yeah, true. Mm. That, 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 that's so much so. You have to leave a few leaves on for photosynthesis and the, the stock is reasonably happy for a while. So mm. I think when this gets going a bit, so I think you can certainly trim Clean it, it up. Right, right, yeah. right on. Yeah, thank mm. you. Mm. Fantastic. Mm. Okay, now here's a plant that I definitely recognise. Oh, yes, that's mm. right. Lovely. <laughs> 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 Maybe we should get into some of, some of Margot's plants. There oh, we'll come, we'll come okay, to those okay. in a little while. <laughs> you're, the, you're the boss, mate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that is a pom- pomegranate, and uh, just looks great at the moment. I thought I'd bring that in. You know, people think of the the fruit and the the lovely what do they call it, the laughing fruit, where they split split open and show all the lovely red 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 I haven't heard that before. But they're such an attractive plant in the garden. Mine's covered in flowers at the moment. It's beautiful. What's the colour is that? It's oh, a fire cr- engine red. red. It is, isn't yeah. it? Just yeah. Good old yeah. plain yeah. orange. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, sure. yeah. We've got one um, espalier against the front. Oh, the fence. It that'd be terrific. lovely. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, but the glistening red seeds, particularly for children, when they break open, they t- 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 take their imagination. They're, they're a lovely thing. I was reading about a uh, in uh, Tur- t- t- Turkey, there was a tradition where the, the bride would take a pom- pomegranate and smash it on the ground, and the num- number of seeds that would come out would indicate how, how many children she's Oh, goodness. Oh. <laughs> I wouldn't be pouring it in. very hard. <laughs> no. Oops, it hasn't broken. Just gently put it down. <laughs> I was actually quite surprised last year with my tree that uh, – uh, because I, I was thinking that the fruit has got quite a quite a hard outer covering to it, hasn't oh, it? Yes, too right. But the yes, birds yes. were still on, attacking it. Yeah, they get in and out. Yes, so I, I had to yeah, I had right. to end up rescuing them all and 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 tying them, you know, with bags covering yeah, them. But really but the bad. birds actually yes. got to a couple yeah, of them. Gee, you must have some hungry, hungry <laughs> birds. Very, I, 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 I wouldn't have thought they were a and knowledgeable that. as well. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, I was, I was really surprised when I saw that they'd been eaten by birds. So. Yeah, what did you? Come Covered them with? I just covered them with with plastic bags. Yeah, yeah, and that was enough until they ripened up. Yeah, yeah, because because they were close to ripe anyway. They yep. they hadn't got into them until they were quite a decent size. So um, mm. yes, and that was enough. That just prevent that just gave it that barrier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. And do you leave them on the bush until they're really really ripe? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. Would have been nice and sweet. Yeah. Yes, beautiful. When they start to break, it's the thing they think it's time to time, 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 yeah. time, 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 time to harvest yes. the things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A very tough plant, you know. Oh, it's incredibly. Tough, tough, tough well, they live in the can, desert, don't they? Yeah, I'd say so. It's a very old plant, I think. Yeah, you know, the, one of the first fruits they've mentioned in history and stuff. Well, and they use them a lot in Middle East and cooking, so you, okay, they've got to be yeah, growing right, them out. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, yeah. Probably on the banks of the Nile yeah. or somewhere. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah that, ancient right. Persia that, or yeah. somewhere, yeah. 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 And very, they do love very, heat. Very good snack for night time. I don't know if any of you sitting in front of the telly always like to 
nibble on something, it's very good. You just yeah, sit there and pull it slowly apart yeah, bit by bit, yeah, little yeah, burst of juicy yeah. sweetness. Yeah, 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 very good. healthy snack for night. Yeah, <laughs> sounds, sounds good. Uh, and it also makes a fantastic juice to drink. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I ended up juicing quite a few oh, of mine lovely. last year, which was yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure, yeah. And wonderful in a salad, um, something like a quinoa salad, you know, with lots of other veggies and goat cheese and put the pomegranate seeds and just mm, yeah, looks really so brings it alive. Oh, it does, does yeah. yeah. Christmas, yeah, particularly. Yes. Yeah. How do you juice them, Pam? Do you, do you put them in a vitamizer, or what do you sort of? The, 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 the I'm seeds. trying to remember what I did with them last year. You could just you put get, them through a normal yeah, juicer. Yeah, yeah. The yeah you get the other half to stand on them. Yeah. <laughs> Stomp around in a circle. Oh no! No, I, I just vitamize them and strain them, oh, yeah, Graham. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but sure. um, yeah, yeah, so it was really easy, yeah, yeah, very yeah, easy, yeah. and and the. The juice was superb. Yeah, that's good. Very refreshing and incredibly yeah. good for you. Yeah, I imagine if you put it through a juicer, you wouldn't have much pulp either because there's just so much juice in them, yeah, isn't there? That's right, yeah. yeah. But I just I just strained yeah, it at the end a, and it was a clever great. idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think someone was saying about the separation of the seed from the... Uh, the what do you call yeah, no, no, I mean the the sort of a oh the pith, pith. Yeah, oh, the pith, pith around yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of sort of surrounding stuff, and uh, they, they they if you break it all in, in, into water and sort of you know, yes. uh, mush mush it up, the seeds will actually go to the bottom and and the uh, the other the guff comes to the top. Okay, so yeah. you can just so, so separate it out like that. I just I just actually mm-hmm. broke them open into into. Pieces, yeah, and right. then I used um, the handle of a teaspoon oh, and literally just yeah, right, scooped right, right, them into them a bowl, and, and they raked yeah, off quite yeah, easily, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you wouldn't want to do it in a hurry, would you? No, you do yeah. have to give yeah. yourself a little bit of time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw Ni- Nigella after I'd spent a night, you know, carefully picking out the little things for a salad. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then I saw on telly Nigella, she just cut it in half. Right. Turned it upside down and tap, tap, tap. Oh, and they just came falling out. Oh, okay. Well, you go a different way to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but it, oh, I think it must have been very ripe. <laughs> it would have had yeah, to be. To, mean, to yes. release them so readily. Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, well. The old variety was wonderful. It was in a. Uh, pop- popularly grown around, uh, around Melbourne and suburbs. Uh, there's a few different ones on the market now. One is Elch, E-L-C-H-E, which they say is a bit better flavour. I don't know whether you've, you've tried that one. Then there's another one called Ben-Hur, which is a, is a big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you, you probably sell them that. And that's yeah. a grafted one, but you pay a bit more money for it. I haven't tasted that one. No, I haven't tasted it either. The pomegranates are bigger than your hand. Yeah, sure. Bigger yes, than a big man's hand. Wow. Mm. Yes. Apart, apart from apples and orange, you don't really see cultivar names on fruits, really, do you? It'd be great if they included them. So, yeah, that's yeah. right, exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I had heard that the varieties available in Australia at one point had been fairly yeah. disappointing flavour-wise, but yes, they've been yeah, improving yeah. on that, have yes, they? Yes, I think so. That, yeah, that, that's, that's true. good. Yeah. I think there's another one in the US now, with, I don't think it's in, in, in Australia yet, but they claim that it's not the hard seed inside sort of thing. The, okay. h- the whole thing is virtually juicy sort of thing. Oh, wow. The little, mm. little, little seeds. So yeah. Sounds, sounds good. It does. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I must remind listeners, if you'd like to uh, ask a gardening question this morning, do give us a call. That number is nine four one nine zero one double five to speak to the team on air. Uh, we have Graham Morrison, Margot McDonald and AB in the studio this morning. Or if you'd like to have a chat to Anne on the outside line, 
AB, we had a letter come into the station this morning from one of our listeners. Yeah, from Mike in Hampton who sent us in a photo of a a rose and he just wanted to know what it was. And, um, of course, we were all stumped apart from Margot who immediately announced it was Climbing Rose Cocktail. Um, and now, if Mike, if you were after this for your own garden, you could contact um, Silky's Rose Farm from Graham and Diana Sargent, and they're in Clonbernane. Uh, their phone number is five seven eight seven double one two three, and it's a lovely rose, um, sort of a s- single petal rose, and almost tie dye red and yellow. With, you know, real beautiful burst of yellow in the centre um, tie-dyeing out into the red petals. So, yeah, I think that would be a lovely addition to any garden. Mm. Just repeat their phone number again, Sure, AB. it's 5787 1123. Terrific. Okay. Wonderful. Margot, yes. while we're waiting for some callers, let's get to some of your plants. Um, well, I've been um, going along in the edible line, following yeah. Graham. I've brought in a, um, a couple of things. One is the delicious Chilean guava. Um, it's got a funny name, Myrtus ugni. Yes. That's, you know, if you know Latin, that's how you would pronounce it. U G N I. So in the myrtle family. What I like about this plant is its colour of the foliage. It's, it's sort of a, it's a lovely box substitute. It's the, the leaves are a little bit bigger than a box plant, but it's um, a useful hedger. Mm. Nice small shrub. You can let it grow into a two metre shrub if you want, but. Easily clipped into a shape mm-hmm. or a little hedge, mm-hmm. and the berries are delicious. Yes. Mm. So, um, you know, I was down in the Tasmania at a nursery there on one of our conferences, and the nursery had a hedge of these that went right along for quite a few quite a few metres, and really really nicely, like I say, trimmed and kept them. And they're actually selling a jam made out of the berries. Beautiful. Yeah, and it's got beautiful coloured foliage, very rich dark green, and then the new tip growth is sort of an orangey colour. Sure, yes. But yeah, very vibrant looking plant, just lovely. Um, up our way, we have to sort of get it going before. The next winter, so right. you wouldn't want to just plant a slip no. sort of too late in the season because mm. it won't make it through the winter. But um, okay. they'll they'll make it. We've been testing them, and they're mm. they're okay uh, through minus seven and minus six. So. Well, if they can cope with that, <laughs> then uh, yeah. they don't look happy. But, no, no, you know, and they do get sort of marked on the leaves. But yep. then the new growth comes and covers that up. But so. they're going to be fine in metropolitan Melbourne by oh, the sound well, of it. Well, that's where I used to grow it. It's yes. fabulous. That's why we thought, oh, I'd like to grow that up there, but I'm not sure if it yep. will take it because a lot of the evergreens are the ones that suffer. That's right through the winter. Yep. But um, yeah, so if it's big enough, the top of it will get frostbitten. Yep. But um, it will come back. Okay. And do they do they require much water? Unfortunately, mm. they do like a little bit of water yep. in the summer. Yep. Yeah. And that's when they're fruiting and. You yes, know, to of put course. the fruit on. But, yes. um, you know, kids just go along and pick the berries, eat them straight off the bush, a bit mm. like a currant, mm. you know, blueberry, sure. just gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. This is a bit of a timing thing to eat the berries, isn't it? So they've got to be fairly, fairly, fairly red. Yes. All they soon learn. Yeah, So that's Chilean guava, or the Latin is Myrtus ugni, U G N I. Very funny name. Um, and another one I brought in was a slip of a new bay tree, which oh, okay. I haven't seen before. This is called Loris nobilis angustifolia, or the willow-leafed bay laurel. And um, it's, it's much the same, uh, fragrant foliage, use it in your cooking, whatever. 
But, but the leaf is a completely different shape. Yeah, yeah. it's long and narrow, much yes. like a willow, of course. Yeah. But it, it smells the same. It's got a, um, a nicer habit, I think. Right. It's sort of more elegant. It will come up and then sort of droop over it. it oh, arches. Okay. So, yeah, and yeah, you could sculpt it if you wanted to. But mm. um, very upright. But it's, I think it's just a more elegant tree than the stodgy old bay tree can be. Poor <laughs> <laughs> <All> bay tree. <laughs> and they do grow particularly well up in our cold areas, yeah, yeah, so they're a good one. But, um, do, do you know if they um, sucker? Because some bay trees can have a tendency uh, I to sucker. I thought you might ask me that. I don't know because no one's grown them there yet. Right. But I imagine like all bays that will. They probably, probably will. Probably will, yes. Yep. But, you know, in a big tub or something. Oh, yes. It, just as long as it's contained, it's yeah. fine. Yep. Yep. So that's another nice one, uh, the willow-leaved bay tree. Very good. And the other edible I brought in was the, the rosemary. I mean, you know, these are all good, solid, hardy, summer-loving heat plants. Uh, this one's called Gallipoli rosemary, and it was, uh, it's been propagated from a plant brought back from Gallipoli. Oh, so, and mm. if you buy this, part of the money is uh, going back to support the Avenues of Honour project. Mm. So, you know, to sort of update all the ageing trees along our historic mm. avenues So in the country town. So that's a good one. Mm. Um, it's much the same. It's a very soft foliage, though, quite upright. Mm-hmm. Um, and just it can be used in your cooking just the same as the others. Okay. It's just a softer foliage, I think, and very fine, narrow leaves. Yes, right. So the colour of the flowers about the same as our ordinary... Uh, uh, yeah, pale flowers. blue. Pale, pale blue. blue. Yeah. blue. Yeah. Very nice. Yep. Yeah. Okay, great. So there we go. It's a different one. Rosemary, uh, Gallipoli rosemary. Mm. Yep. Okay, let's get to a couple of callers. First up, we have uh, Mark, who's in Rosebud. Good morning, Mark. Uh, good morning. Um, I've got some uh, apple trees that um, we've just moved into a property, and um, they've been sort of grown sort of fairly you know, organically. But I'm um, just wondering what I can use to, um, I'm, I'm thinking milk carton, milk, you know, plastic milk cartons for lures. And to put me um, lure in that and put a hole in the top so they can't get out, um, you know, just to sort of trap them in there. Um, sure. So what would I? What what's something to good good to put in them? And how how many do I need per tree? How many milk um, cartons do I need per tree? Yeah, and where you're onto this one, I, 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 I I'd be yeah. probably more inclined to do, just use the yellow sticky traps. I, I'm not oh yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. You can so buy so the lures now. Yeah, just 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 the material you could stick into your milk cartons. But yeah, whether that you'd get a lot of them actually flying down in, don't know. Sure, might sure. might be better to make a little hole in the bottom. Put your lure material on the bottom of the milk carton and yeah. like cut a tent flap open. I think in in the commercial orchards way back, they used to put a bit of wine, uh, like port, port wine or a bit of Shiraz, I suppose, uh, in in there, and that, that that they would get into there and they would drown, and it give you a bit of an indication of the population. You know, uh, all of a sudden, you know, if you kept kept watching those little. Uh, uh, containers, you would uh, see when the population was rife, and so then that we would, of course, would would spray over over the top, and we try not to do that these days. Days, uh, and it's good to hear that you're seeking a organic way, I suppose, or a non chemical way to, uh, to, to 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 get on top of our big problem is the coddling moth. Of course, that's the the the, the one that. Uh, 
the little grubs burrow their way into the fruit and uh, uh, it, it, it's a big problem and, and, and hard, hard to alleviate. One uh, non-chemical way, uh, again, is to put a, a hessian around the base of the, the, the tree through the winter time, and the little chrysalises from that will ha- harbour in that rather than in, in the bark of the trees. And then, then you take that off uh, come springtime and, 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 and just destroy that. Uh, like Margot said, there are uh, a fair amount of traps that you can buy. Uh, I think they get up in money a bit. I sold a few of the nursery in the latter part of it. You're probably looking at thirty or forty dollars to get your trap and the uh, the the, the, the chem- chemical that you put into to to, to, to lure the moths in. But, uh, it's uh, for the, the listeners out there. The uh, the chemical they put in is. Uh, it's, uh, it tries to replicate uh, the, uh, the, 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 the the smell of the, the f- 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 female uh, puts out. So the ma- males attracted to the smell come in and uh, m- m- meet their doom. Uh, uh, I think uh, uh, perhaps someone like uh, Bulleen Art and Garden, they're into these organic uh, uh, m- 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 methods of... Uh, uh, com- 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 combating some of the, 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 these places, and probably, uh, uh, if you don't mind me, Pam putting a plug in for them, they're, they're quite, quite, quite good in that regard. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mark could perhaps give them a phone mm-hmm. call and sure, sure, yes, get yeah. some extra advice yeah, from them. True, true, true. Yes, They've yes. also got a very good website with lots of suggestions on there yeah, as well. Yeah, so. true, 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 true. Well, do you have to um, be doing this right up until when you're virtually when you're picking the apples, or? No, I think uh, you know you've got a bit of time t- 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 there. I think even with s- with spraying, when they put in the uh, the, the severe ke- chemicals, you know, it probably spray up until about a month from harvest, and then you know take your take your risk on that t- time, and you wouldn't get too much worries there. But I think uh, you know depends on your variety, but you, you can you don't have to go right up to harvest mode. No. Was it uh, coddling moth that you were worried about, yeah, Mark? It's the coddling moth. Um, so. With the um, port in the um, the, tra- the port trap where they drown, sure. um, how many uh, would you have to have per tree? Do you reckon? I think they only put one to, one to a tree, probably oh, okay. even less than that. They would scatter a few through their orchard, you know, in that in those days. But you just just got one or two trees. Put 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 one in, one in each tree. You could try a bit of port wine in your in your trap, like if your milk carton thing. That'd be worth, worth a try, I would say. They certainly seemed to be attract them in the olden days. Yeah. Uh, again, I keep on talking today about re- 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 research, but there's in, in commercial orchards today they have uh, uh, tra- tra- traps uh, to, to monitor how many what the populations uh, populations are, and uh, the, these are li- li- linked with their mo- mobile phones. They can just detect t- t- on their, their their mobile phone, and they can it comes up how many actual in- insects are being t- t- trapped t- 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 today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good heavens! Okay, fantastic. Well, I hope that helps, Mark. Give it give it a go with the port wine, and and get back to us. Yeah. We'd love to find out if that's successful. Right. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Good way to get rid of your old port that seemed to be hanging around the cupboards. <laughs> no, 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 Nobody drinks it anymore. <laughs> I don't know about that. Port wine and chia seeds. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go next to uh, Sharon, who's down in Cheltenham. Good morning, Sharon. Oh, good morning. Uh, just a question: We've lost the lemon tree. Um, 
But uh, at the base, we, we just sort it off. At the base, it's shooting. And I'd say it's the rootstock, not the lemon. Would you have any idea what the rootstock may have been? Yes, it's quite a, quite a few rootstocks they put. The old one and the most the most common one is uh, citronella uh, or rough lemon is another another word. They, they, which is, you know, if you let that one grow up, it's a spiny thing, and, mm. and it's the fruit is not it's edible, but it's it's not not, not a really good fruit to to, to eat. Uh, and would that be hardier, Graham, than a normal lemon tree? Yeah, it's a hard, it's a hardy thing. That's for sure. That's why they choose it as a uh, as a rootstock. Although you say that, and it's uh, one of the, uh, the the bad parts of that. Nurserymen always use rough lemon because it's a it's just a quick growing thing. They get a quick a, 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 a quick top to it. But uh, uh, you've really uh, it, it's down downside is it's susceptible to waterlogging, and uh, so so often you know the the. the uh, lemons, if they get a wet winter and they're sitting in sitting in water, they they, 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 they will they will they will die off. Uh, yeah. a, a better st- st- stock is certainly trifoliata. Citrange is another one that is a preferable stock, but they don't you don't get the top, top growing as, as quickly. Uh, you, you you can't see it's, it's you know if if the piece coming up is loaded with thorns, it's probably a good indication that it's a stock coming up. Yeah, yeah, it is thorny. Yeah, yeah I think that would. Yeah, See, and you wouldn't want yeah. it really. No, they, yeah, they grow no, like triffids no, overnight. Yeah, They're just yeah, shocking, and they yeah, are dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Huge yeah. thorns. Yeah, that's so much so. The yeah. only other thing you you would would have uh, you you could if you were keen uh, chop all the suckers, suckers off except one, and then graft into that. You know the the the, the, the cultivar that you want, and still yeah. at this stage of the game, budding is still on. You know, November is probably a preferable time to do it, but you can bud. In, into the end of this month, uh, and that, that, that's worth a try if you're keen. It's, it's, well, it's, 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 it's a tea bud. You know, yeah. Again, I reckon if you looked up uh, tea, tea, tea budding of citrus on the internet, that probably you, you'd be able to see how it's done there. Yeah, mm. look, it's, it's more a curiosity factor than I'm. I'm not really serious about it. I've got another mm. lemon tree, but sure. it's a curiosity interest uh, thing going. Sure, <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Graham. You, 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 you're welcome. Good, good, good to hear from you. Thank you very much. Okay, Thanks. bye. Bye. Actually, we've got a Maya lemon tree, and that has um, shot the rootstock as well, which yes. is incredibly thorny. But they both yeah. seem to be cohabitating very nicely yeah, together, and sure. we use lemons from both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it had it yeah, did sure. grow like yeah, crazy, yeah, as you sure. suggested, yeah, and yeah. Um, was L- loose, loose skin sort of a character. Yeah, that, that's, that's right, and, yeah. and rough, yeah. and and but yes. but still yeah, very oh, juicable yeah, and. Sure. And there usable, so yeah. Sure. yeah. yeah, yeah. For, for the sake of trying to take off, take out all the rootstock, yeah, yeah, just yeah, rather sure. leave yeah, it yeah, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. And if you kept that in control, if you let them both cohabit together, probably the the, 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 the stock would dominate. But if you chip, chip back a bit on the on, on the stock, uh, yeah, that's not a bad yeah, idea. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, as you say, yeah. very very thorny, but. Um, don't mind a few thorns for the sake of getting some lemons. <laughs> I can cope with that. Good, 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 good one. Actually, yeah. the rabbits mightn't like the thorns. That's a good point, but it is enclosed. It's in ah. our enclosed garden, the lemon tree. So, right. yeah, but probably one that doesn't need to be, ironically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> taking up valuable space. Yeah. Oh, well. But our, our listener there, you know, she said she got a lemon tree already, but you know, there's no reason why she shouldn't put an orange on there, or a grapefruit, oh, yes. or ma- 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 mandarin. Yes. If you use a, you know, just uh, 
It's Didn't you have a curiosity it, factor, it, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Multiple yeah. craft. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, that number again, if you'd like to uh, to join us and ask a gardening question, 94190155 to speak to the team on air. Or if you'd like to have a chat to Anne on the outside line, 94198377. Margot, you've got a couple of other plants there. I we have, got to. yes, I have. Um, still edible is a little geranium. It's coconut geranium. Oh. Mm. And uh, you can make um, tea out of it and you can put the leaves in the salad. But I just tasted a leaf and I don't know that I'd put it, eat it in a salad, but I suppose the little baby ones you could. Anyway, it's um, a very dainty little geranium and it grows into a shrub about um, oh, just about 80 centimetres high. By right. fifty wide, okay. So um, very sparse leaves. Yeah, very sparse and it, leaf coverage, I should say. And it never stops flowering. Like oh. probably in Melbourne, it would flower just about all year with little bunches of purple flowers. It looks more like a scrambler. It does, doesn't it's it? I suppose really... you have to. These are its flowering arms from its spring. Yeah. But um, yeah, I suppose if you trained it and kept kept clipping it a little bit in its initial growth, you'd have a rounder bush. But, you know, what else can it do in a pot that big? Yeah. <laughs> I don't quite know why they've named it coconut. It's a bit coconutty. Just a, oh. just not terribly we can, nice. we can walk past a batch of them yes. on a sunny day yeah. and, and you'll that's just, when you smell Yeah, the smell will come up at you okay. without even touching it. So, okay. And people rave about it. They just love it. So, But okay. probably this has been in a bag in the dark car overnight. Yes, yes. And so there's nothing happening. But... Um, and okay. it needs, the little pot needs a drink. Maybe it's trying out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, you smell it. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you can smell it. But there are also um, a lot more little species geraniums coming out now that you can use, you know, for um, repelling insects and mm. uh, making potpourri and things like that. So, yeah, they're, and they're cute. They're not sort of the big buffy geraniums, the showy ones. Yes. They're very fine little flowered ones. But, you know, a good filler. And good near barbecue or something like that in your herb garden mm. to um, just add a bit of interest. Mm. And rabbits and, and other fauna tend to not be attracted to such really smelly foliage, I've realised. Mm. So I've got a, got a geranium growing in a pot, a um, uh, lemon-scented one, I think it is, and it's never touched. Yeah, so, I can understand that. Yeah. Too strong. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, a, a good choice if you've got um, annoying fauna. Yeah. Or, and, or lovely and, fauna that it has annoying habit of eating things. <laughs> yeah, that's very good. Yeah. <laughs> and great for a dry garden. You know, I mean, this really is very dry and it's still fine. Yes. Um, you really can practically ignore them, the yep. geranium family, the wild ones. Terrific. And another edible I bought in was the old-fashioned curry plant. Mm. Ah, yes. This is just ignored it up our way. I don't know why. People just won't buy it and then suddenly someone will come in, oh, the curry plant, haven't seen that for years, and they'll buy the whole lot and make a hedge or yes. Yes, right. Really lovely um, alternative to lavender and um, it does smell gorgeous, but I don't think you can use this in your cooking. Do you know AB or? Oh, I think you can, but there isn't. There is another curry plant. Of oh course, yeah, the real, is, yeah, the, the real true curry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's a I tree. Think, but I think you can. Okay. Yeah, but um, it's lovely grey foliage, very drought hardy, just like uh, lavenders and um, wormwoods and things like that. Mm. And that too probably would deter rabbits. Yeah. And yeah. Whatever else, but yeah, clipped into a hedge, beautiful. Mm. And a lot of people don't allow the flowers, little yellow flowers, to grow. They just keep clipping them into. a... 
into their shape. Like, like you say, it's a good colour for a landscape too, isn't it? You know, that lovely grey green. Very fresh. Look good. Look nice as topiary mm. balls as well. Oh, yes, they would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a bit more clipping probably. More clipping, yeah. Yeah. They're quite fast growing. But, um, I actually no. quite like the little yellow flowers that come yeah. on the plant. Yeah. So, yes, I, I wouldn't be clipping them off, actually. No, but, some, you know, some... Yes, if you, people are wanting to maintain do. a shape. Yeah, 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 they do. Yeah, fair enough. Get, yeah. Getting back to your geranium, there are a few good geraniums come on the market now, uh, not, not necessarily edible ones. I know there's a big range of those as well, but one called Big Red, I think we had in the last uh, uh, yeah. uh, time, times in our nursery there. I think German breeding on that one, not not a big plant, compact and a vibrant, beautiful red yes. red, red, yep. red red flower to yeah, it. Yeah, we've got lots of them yeah. in for yes. for Christmas, and they they're great in the drive because yeah. they won't last through yeah, our sure. winters, but okay. you just buy one yeah. each year and you know, enjoy yeah. it for six months. Yes, exactly. Yeah, sure. Maybe five. Maybe four. No. <laughs> no, the trippy plants. And they brought out now, Graham, I just noticed there's also big pink. Yes, that's right, yes. Yeah, so they're expanding ones. the yeah, range, to, to right, yeah. Yeah, which are terrific. Uh, be, they're, they're a good plant. Uh, I think they're, mm. you, uh, some of the hybridising and stuff that they do, you, you wonder about. But, uh, you know, in the nursery, thought I thought it was quite tough as well as, you know, yeah. the, uh, in our climate around Melbourne, yeah. probably it's certainly going to get through and see many, year, many years, sort of thing. So yes, it's, it's, it's so good, vibrant, good, they're good, beautiful. Good, 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 and never stop flowering, really, until mm. winter. Exactly, mm. that's so just much so. Amazing. They've always got flowers on mm. them. Yeah. Well, we're going next to uh, Celeste out in the Blue Mountains. Good morning, Celeste. Blue good Mountains. morning, good morning, everybody. Good um, to hear from you again. <laughs> well, I sometimes think I know what I'm doing, but I have a really simple question, and maybe Graham's the man for me, I'm not sure. Um... About three and a half years ago, like in the autumn, I planted a gooseberry with my other soft fruit. Didn't expect anything the first year. The second year, profuse flowering, no fruit, but we'd left the birdcage, you know, over it. So this year I made sure I took all the netting off. The amount of flowers was incredible, and not one fruit has set. What's going on? Yeah, golly, yeah. Uh... It's a, uh, Celeste, are you talking about the European gooseberry? Yeah, or the just Cape the normal gooseberry? old yeah. Yeah. Roaring lion with a few spikes on the stems and things there. It doesn't have spikes on the stems, no, Graham, and I don't know what the cultivar yeah, is, I'm sorry. Cap- Captivator, I think, was the other one that they were selling there. But uh, I had the same problem, to tell you the truth. I had the old-fashioned one there in in, in a tub and... Like you say, plenty of flowers, but uh, not, 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 not so many uh, uh, f- f- fruits. Uh, I think uh, uh, the other thing I was going to... I, I, I put it down to, like, with uh, uh, some of the cu- 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 currants, like uh, red currant, not too bad, but the, uh, some of the currants, I think, just around Melbourne or well, I mean Doncaster, and I fancy we're a little bit warm, and I, I think, you know, in the colder climates they would... Uh, you would get more success. That's why, and I just put 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 it down to that. But I guess up in your Blue Mountains, it's fairly cool climate up there. Well, it is. Yeah. It's cold, but I, I yeah. mean, I don't have heavy frost, and I must admit, my currants haven't actually set fruit either. I'd forgotten about them. Uh, right. Maybe it's maybe it's just a temperature because with yes. the gooseberry, you don't need a cross pollinator, do you? No, I wouldn't have thought so. They would be self pollinating. Each flower would have the male and flower, male and female parts to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can't can't really help you too much there. You know, okay. the the old story is, if things don't set, you know, you put a bit of pot, pot, potash around. That's uh, worth a try, uh, to the detriment. I mean, 
sometimes if you put too much nitrogen like animal animal fertilizers and you get plenty of growth and away they go but that's really you know once you've got the flowers you expect to get a bit of fruit don't Not you one yeah, fruit yeah. Seth. Yeah, and yeah. i did see bees and i saw little honey eaters and this so yeah, this year sure. i thought oh well one of those guys must be the pollinator yeah, nothing's right. happened oh yeah it's mm. no, no, disappointing for you I, Frustrating. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I uh, find, find find something, I've got some friends up in the hills uh, in the Dandenongs that grow these things, and if I get a bit of information for you, I'll, I'll forward it on, onto three CR. I'm always listening, Graham. So good, thanks for your yeah, help. Good, good on you. Did you thanks have everybody. Did you have a particularly mild winter this year, Celeste? Maybe we did. Maybe we did. But but this is the third year in a row now. Yes, right. So I just don't know what's going on. But we have had heaps and heaps of rain over the last few nights and uh, yes. beautiful sunny day, so guess yeah. where I'm going today. <laughs> okay, good, good on you. But not until I finish listening, so thank you, everybody. <laughs> okay, well, if, if Graham finds out any more information, we'll pass it on. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thanks. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, Graham, are gooseberries a type of plant that um, sort of need to mature for a few years before they start setting regularly? Yeah, I think they, they, they don't... They, I've, uh, Got a, the old one. I'm try, trying again. I've got a cap, captivator in my garden. They just planted, planted last winter, sort of thing. That's kicked, kicked on. Hasn't got any flowers. But I would expect, okay, no, 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 no fruit this season. But next year it'll be up and going. Yeah. So they put a fairly quick return. Yeah. I'm just yeah. reading in the fruit book here. It says that um, most choice English gooseberries need a lot of chilling, very, very cold winter yeah. to do well. Yeah. To become productive, so there's little future persisting with them outside of Tasmania or in the Highlands. There you go. Yeah. I was onto the right, right track. Yes, there by I the think so. Yeah, because I know yeah. people have had the same trouble. Um, you were talking about currants. Yes. Red currants yeah. are okay yeah. in Melbourne, yeah. but the black currants yeah, really that, yeah. do a lot better in Tassie. Exactly. That's one for us. Okay. Yeah, well, you can't do much about your climate, can you, unfortunately? <laughs> All the customers, yeah. yeah, all your good customers up there, they'd be right on to currants and gooseberries <laughs> yes. in Mar- Margo. And blueberries too. We grow them much better yeah, well, than in Melbourne. That'd be right. Sure, yeah. 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 yeah, Celeste might have a bit more luck with the Cape gooseberry, which um, I'm more familiar with coming from South Africa because obviously that's quite a common plant there. Um, and, you know, Solanaceae and, and endures the slightly yeah. warmer temperatures more. And, you know, the ones with the lovely papery yeah, husk, yeah, which yeah. becomes, yeah, got, got almost big, translucent. Big bush in a pot, pot at the moment, and it, it, it certainly do well, well, well in my yeah. district. That, that, that one is a, can be quite yeah. weedy, but, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, but okay. the most delicious fruit and, yeah, yeah, yeah. usually quite prolific and, and uh, yeah, very tasty, makes good jam. I've brought mm. a few of those samples into 3CR from time to time, I think, yes, Pam. Yes, Get the little husks off the little papery oh, husks. They're wonderful. Beautiful, beautiful yeah. fruit And the kids inside. would love them too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. That, yes. Great, yeah, great, my childhood great, great memories plan. is definitely standing in front of that, just peeling back those and eating <laughs> as many as you possibly can, yeah, which reminds me of another plant that I really, I really keep meaning to grow again. I've only attempted it once and, and I had sort of uh, limited success, but that's the tomatillo. Which also oh, has yes. the husk around yeah, it, yeah. Yes. and and a fantastic yeah. flavour, mm. you yeah. know, for for salsas and yeah. um, quite tart. Um, very very strong. Um, I wouldn't exactly say tart, but not as sweet as a tomato. Yeah. Um, but quite almost almost like a semi dried tomato in its in its oh, yeah. intensity of flavour. 
but yes, I must I must have another go at it. Mm, and that's Solanaceae as well, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Solanaceae morning. It is, isn't it? <laughs> okay. Um, that number again, as I said, uh, uh, if you'd like to join us this morning, 94190155 to speak to the team on air or to have a chat to Anne on the outside line, 94198377. Uh, <coughs> Margot, I've been meaning to ask you. Oh, you've got well, one yeah. more planet. I have got one more planet. Okay, you've well, got go time. for it. Go for it while we're waiting for our caller to come okay. up online. Um, well, now we're moving away from the edibles. Uh, this is one called Ajuga Reptans, a new variety called Burgundy Glow. Um, and I, I quite like the Ajugas. When they're grown well, they're mm, a terrific. They're they a good plant. Yeah, yeah. And they, they hug the ground. They keep yes. the weeds at bay. Yes, and they're pretty tough. I mean, winter they sort of look a bit raggy, but who cares? We all do. The snails <laughs> love them, don't they? And no? I haven't found that oh. too much with them. Yep. But um, no, this is a lovely little one. It's variegated, and I'm not really great, you know, lover of variegated plants. But the mm. variegation is white green or cream and pink. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. So yeah. it's Some purples um, in there. Yeah. Purpley yeah. pink. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I just love it. It's just fantastic. It really lights up an area. Mm. And uh, working with you know purples and pink flowers and blues gives a very ethereal sort of combination. Almost has a leaf like an African violet, doesn't it? That sort of roundish kind of. Um, yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. 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 It's yep. a smaller leaf smaller, than some yeah. of the bigger Caitlin's giant yeah. and so forth. Yeah. So it's a bit more um, delicate and. Sun, yep. sun or shade, Margot? Both. 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 Yeah, Both. Sure. yeah I yeah. would imagine yeah. in the sun. Yeah. It It'll lose some, the colour. Yeah, so yeah, much, okay. but so yeah, sure. handy for a shadier spot yeah, than yeah, some yeah, of yeah. them. Lovely. But um, yeah, it just creeps along. And, you know, one little pot, great, you can divide it up already into oh, yes. six bits and off it goes. So yes. um, that's Ajuga Reptans Burgundy Glow. Excellent. Go. Nice, nice. Yeah. ground cover with a bit of colour. Yeah, okay, well, let's move on. And we have, uh, let me see, Leone in West Preston. Good morning, Leone. Good morning. Um, I'm ringing to thank 3CR for um, getting me in touch with Mr Morrison, who then (laughs) gave me the name of a good person to prune my 103-year-old pear tree. Wow. And he did that this year. Now, last year, I had no pears at all because of the drought, of course. Sure. And this year... The tree is absolutely loaded. Oh, there you go. 103-year-old, my goodness. um, Thank you very much for that advice. Oh, that's very good. I appreciate that. That's very nice of you to ring up and say that thing. And also, I would like to know if I'm doing the right thing. Um, I was born in this house, so the tree was a mature tree when my father came into the house in 1920. And I've lived with the tree for all those years as just part of our home. Yeah, yeah. Now, when I picked them in in February the 19th or thereabouts, sure. is that the best time taking into consideration its age and the present climate difficulties? Yeah, is that the best time to pick the fruit? The, the, mm, the in February. Yeah. It's, it depends on the on the variety of the pear there. It's Williams. Will William pear, okay, I beg your pardon. Yes, so that's when they appear in the shops and from my orchard memory, I think about middle February is about the time. So uh, if you lead 
them too long, they become flowery. Yeah, that's true, sure. And so I bring them in and spread newspaper on the floor and let them ripen and then distribute them to the neighbours. Oh, yeah, it's very, very good. But I'm not going to do that this year. I live in Darabin and they have a group who come and pick your excess food and distribute it to people in need. Oh, that's great. Mm. And so I'll get in touch with them. Yes. And they can bring their letters and so on. Yeah, very good. That's very, very good. That's wonderful. Share, share them around. I'm too old to climb. (laughs) Yeah, I say that. You've got to be careful on letters, that's for sure. Yeah, but but thank you so much. But just the other thing there, Leonie, uh, in, in the commercial thing, we would p- p- pick the fruit and we would put it in cool storage for, for about two weeks. And, 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 and then when you brought them out of that cool, cool storage, they, they would ripen well. If you didn't do that, they would sort of re- remain hard and sometimes, you know, not, not, not all that palatable. But if, if for your own, uh, you know, use, use there, if you put them in your, maybe the crisper of your refrigerator for a couple of weeks and then bring them out, I think you'd find that they'd ripen more evenly and more, they'd be more palatable of the fruit. I see. So yeah. if I put them in the fridge when I pick them, sure, yes, yes, for me, yeah, leave them there for a couple of weeks, two weeks there, yeah. and then bring them out, and they will ripen better. Sure, yep, yep. And yep. do you mean that they will become riper quicker? No, I think they might ripen more ev- evenly, and it's a more palatable fruit to, fruit, fruit to eat if you if you I work see. it work it that way. I Sometimes see. if you leave them. You know, just to ripen on their own devices after you after pick after you pick them, they'll sort of be the core and around the core is sort of hard, and you'll get sort of ripening on the outside. But you know, just they seem to ripen nice and evenly if you give them that that that, that period in the refrigerator. Oh, well, that's good yeah. because I've recently bought a, a new refrigerator which has a bigger capacity. Okay. Than the old one. Yes. Yeah. I good didn't one. have room. For yeah. any other food. Yeah, great. No, it's great. There's a, that, that, that history, that tree could tell a few tales, couldn't it, eh? over, uh, over the 103 years? Yes, but this is, this is proof yeah. that the correct pruning is very, very important. Yeah, true. Oh, that, that, that's good. Good on you. My gardener's yes. been pruning it, but he just chops off everything. Yeah, oh, that's right. You've got to really get someone not, that knows their, their not craft. qualified. But George is absolutely brilliant. Oh, very good. He's good on you. pruned the roses as well. Yes. Yeah. So that, thank you again for putting me on to someone so competent. Good on you. Thank, th- thanks for the call. Thank you. Bye. 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 Right, next up we've got our good friend Pam in Kyneton. Good morning, Pam. Good morning, Pam. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Margot. You must have been up early this morning. No, I stayed in Melbourne. I I went to a 100th birthday party of a nursery. Oh, Last right. night, so, yeah, Warner's nursery. Oh, Oh, right. Yeah, turned 100. Oh, very good. Mm. (laughs) I'm ringing to find out about, uh, to ask Graham, I can grow strawberry plants. Right, they grow all right, but they don't fruit very well. <clears throat> In fact, I just picked two red strawberries this morning for the first time, and everybody else is picking heaps and heaps of fruit on their strawberries. I went to my niece's place at Rawson last weekend, and her strawberries, of course, the soil up there is to die for, um, are just amazing, and I and. Is it the cold where I am, because my block goes down towards the river, 
or is it that I'm not doing something right? Yeah, I'm not, you, not, not too sure. Do you sure, have any ideas? Sure, sure, sure there, Pam. But, uh, uh, just the age of the strawberry plants is sometimes uh, yeah, something, to, something to reckon with. I think, again, I keep on going and dipping into commercial growers, but they, they, they plant their plants. The first year you get some big strawberries, not so many. The next year you get a reasonable crop. The year after you get too many strawberries and they're, 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 they're small. And then they, they dice the whole lot and they start again. Uh, if it's you know it's a bed that's been there for a long time, I just wondered whether it'd be best be better to uh, you know get get the runners and and and, and start off again. Yeah, I certainly like. Dr- new. I I revitalised the bed and made it um, and took out a couple of other things to give them more sun. Sure. Um, at the beginning in spring. Sure. How much water do you think that strawberries require? Do you have to water them twice a day? Oh, no, 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 no. I wouldn't say so. You know, it depends on the weather, of course, of course but if you give them a good drink once a week, you probably be, should be okay. Uh, are they in tubs or in the ground? Or no, they're in the ground. Yeah, sure. Um, and there's no and competition the, from trees or anything? No, no. And, oh. and they get, um, well, they get quite... Well, they're just about in full sun. Mm. The other thing I would say is that strawberries like a slightly acidic soil, and I know that they they love um, a mulch of pine needles. Yes. um, uh, Initially, I used to do that. This year, I gave them wood shavings. Would that... That, Mm, yes, could have... Potentially, that could have affected it. Yeah. Sometimes with with its fairly new wood shavings that'll pinch the nitrogen, nitrogen sort of thing, yep. and uh, that, that 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 could 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 have been a factor there. Mm. Yeah, it's I, I would try and get hold of some more pine uh, needles. Yeah. Well, other years, well, other years I have used pine needles, but I have never ever been able to grow. And I've got a loganberry vine mm. just beside it, and it is massed full of loganberries at the moment. Okay. But, yeah, mm-hmm. and my raspberries don't grow that good either. So I was thinking, you know, am I? Yeah. Are you feeding things, Pam? Um, I don't. I'm not one to overfeed. I'm inclined to put a lot of everything into the soil. Yeah, yes. lovely. But, yeah, but I did give them a little bit of a complete fertilizer in the spring, and that oh, yeah. was all that I gave them. Yeah. So yeah, you think I should maybe have given them a little bit of. Oh, you could mm. try a bit of um, liquid fertiliser now just to sort of hurry them on a bit maybe. Yeah. Mm. Um, that, that, yeah. yeah. Do strawberries keep fruiting now? How long yeah. should strawberries fruit? Do- sort of peak, peak moments in the spring and you know, early summer, then they'll give up for a while and you'll get another crop in the autumn, yeah. I, I find. Mm. But uh, my, I've got some in a pot, pot at the moment. It's the one with the pink flowers. Mm. Uh, and they're, they're prolific. They've got so many flowers on at the moment, mm. and I've picked so much fruit this year. So I've, I don't know what I'm doing right there. I think <laughs> I give them a bit of animal manure, like, you know, some dynamic lifter or cow k- k- manure in there. Mm. But, Graeme, is that a, their first or second year? Or? Yeah, this would be their second year, yes. Yeah, sure. So as you were saying, yeah, they true, do true, more in the true, second true, year. True, 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 yes. So I bought the pink-flowered ones from Margot a couple of years ago, and they flowered well, but I still can't – I they – the fruit shriveled, and that was what made me think that I was not watering them. Maybe I, yeah, yeah. I'll keep working on it. Yeah, the only other thing I've seen is uh, they are subject to mites, 
and the, if the mites get into the flowers, they'll be uh, the, 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 uh, fruit, the, the fruit will be deformed, if you like. Yeah. Uh, All right. So, the fruit yeah. that you're getting off the, the few that you are getting, they're, they're, they're sound regular shaped ones. Yeah. But yeah. they're not flash, I can tell you. The two I picked this morning are okay, but they're not. Okay. Like when I looked at what my niece had yeah, last weekend, there's sort of nothing she's, like she's that. She's doing well. Mm. Yeah, strawberry oh, envy, that's called. <laughs> Pardon? It's called strawberry envy. Oh, it is. And it's become an issue with me. Yes. Everybody else, my, my other friend who I got my first runners from in St Andrews, I said, how are your strawberries going? Oh, I've picked bucket loads. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, never mind. I, I think the cold, the cold nights that we get have something to do with it too because facing the river, the nights here and the breezes and are still very, very cold, even through that warm weather we had. Oh, I don't know about that, Pam, because they grow fantastic strawberries in Tasmania. Mm. They really do. Every theory I get gets shot down. (laughs) (laughs) Frustrating when you you think you're doing everything right and you're doing everything the same as you did the year before when you had a bumper crop. I'll battle on. (laughs) Good on you. Don't give up. No, okay. Okay. Thanks very much for your input. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Right, we have uh, Jill next in East Brighton. Good morning, Jill. Good morning, everyone. I hope you're all well. Um, yes, Graham, I have a question for you, I think, too. Uh, I, like it, vague idiot that I am, I forgot that Gardening Australia had finished for the year and I tuned into Channel 2 as usual last night yes. and it was um, Wild Kitchen with, um, a, uh, with uh, Clayton Donovan, who's a uh, Aboriginal chef. Oh, yes. And... He was talking about finger limes yes. and uh, went out to a place which, you know, grows 20 different varieties of them. Goodness gracious, And yes. um, mm. they were saying how thorny they are, and I thought this could be a good thing because I'm trying to make my garden more bird-friendly. I'm really sick of the way in which the Indian miners, yeah. the noisy miners, the starlings mm. have yeah. all moved in, and all my little birds have gone as all the gardens around here have been demolished, you know, while sure. they... Jam yes. on townhouses and put one and a half flax trees in the garden. Yes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so I was wondering whether you think they would grow all right this far south, and or if you knew of any variety that was perhaps more able to, you know, I'm into East Brighton. I'm pretty frost free, yes. and I would put it in the garden facing northwest. Yes. Uh, so I've got you know quite a hot front garden, yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. I thought I'd... Yeah. No, they, 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 they should be fine, fine, Jill. Oh, good. It's, it, it's a good thing. They've done so much breeding on that mm. one. Of course, it comes oh, from a native... Na, it's a native, native, native plant, fruit, one of yeah. a, a, a few na, 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 native edible plants. And uh, it's... Uh, you know, they, they've crossed it with Calamond and the... Kumquat and made quite oh, a few right. crosses and things. The, the original one is a very spiny... And uh, golly, you know, it would be a good harbour for your little birds to get in there. The, 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 they would be well, well, well protected. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Just just your straight Australian finger lime. I've recently put put, put one in a, in a tub at home, and they're quite tasty. But they say the the the, the, the citrus caviar sort of yes. thing. The, yes. the, the small yes. little sex or segments. Or up with avocado and and oysters and mm. yeah, things. And t- 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 my t- mouth was watering. Yes. Yeah, okay, that's right. I've got two different varieties in. Uh, in big uh, pots, Jill, yes. 
and um, they are doing really, really well. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I can be prone to frosts where mm-hmm. I am. Right. Um, are yours spiny? Yeah, oh, yes. Yes. Very yes. spiny. Yeah, most, most of them still are. Ah, As you yes. say, there's a lot of different varieties and the beautiful different colour fruit, you know, the yeah, greens, true, dark yes. red, black yes. fruit. Yes, yes. Um, but they are a, they are a um, sort of a subtropical yeah, to about ten meters. But yeah, I mean, if you supply them with the right soil, you know, add a lot of organic matter into the soil, try and create that sort of rainforesty type soil. Yes, because of course, and, you know, being on the sand belt. That's right. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're becoming very popular in Melbourne, and um, oh, people are having a lot of success with them. Any particular varieties that you might be able to recommend? Oh, look, there are so many. There's um, all of the different grafted ones were researched by CSIRO. And right. I think you'll find that, that any of those would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would depend on what colour fruit you'd like. You know, there's, there are so many different colours. You know, you could, you could have a variety and mix it up a bit. And yes, well, that's a bonus, isn't it? I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. But I was most, I thought, isn't that funny? You know, mostly we try and avoid spiny plants, but I'm now getting to the point where I think I want a, an entire garden off them. <laughs> yeah, very commendable, yeah. trying to bring those little birds back. Yes. Give them a chance. You better plant some Berberus too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, give them some <laughs> Some hate years. just love me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, mind you, they're not round the front, so that's all right. Yeah. Uh, and um, yes, I, it was mostly there I was thinking of introducing them, but because that's the warm spot. Yeah. Yes. yes. Spot. Yeah, um, yeah. I've got the big Illawarra flame tree around the back, which casts a lot of shade, so... Yeah, um, just keep the water up to them, Jill, especially yeah. while they're establishing, yes. and, and keep an eye out for, um, I think, scale and sooty moulds, they can be a little bit susceptible to that. So just, you know, while they're establishing, you know, give them the liquid um, seaweed and and give them a really good start, you know, for the first year or so. Just set them up really well. They might take a year or two to settle in before you start really getting any flowers and fruit. Yeah, Yeah. yes. Oh, look, yes, that's all right. You know, I'm I'm not... Although I'm an impatient person by nature, I've been gardening long enough to <laughs> <laughs> learn to hold it in check. Yeah, Good on you. Yes, but look, thanks so much for all that advice. And, and would they be re- fairly readily available? Yes, lots of nurseries yes, have got them. Yes. Oh, great. Karanga have got a huge range as well, I know. Yes, well, yeah. I'm actually going out there, um, yes, next week, so... Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Oh, have a good look. Christmas yeah. present for yourself. Oh, yes. Yeah. What a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay, bye. Bye. I love the name of them, the Microcitrus australassica. Which is perfect for them, isn't it? You know, sort of small, small citrus. Yes, I've got an incredible bumper crop on mine this year. Um, Yes, I think when you saw it, it was covered in blossom. Well, now it's covered in little finger limes. Is it quite shady where yours are? It it is. It's not out in full sun at all. But it um, it seems to be quite happy there. Well, I guess being a ten meter plant, it's a you know a a slightly understory plant in the rainforest. So yeah, probably would be happy with dappled shade. Yeah, 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 wonderful. So. I, I, be, me, me, you mentioned uh, a scale and sooty so, so, so mould. Just a reminder to the listeners out there, I've just gone through my citrus trees this week and sprayed them all with white oil. And it's a, right on time to get, get, get scale. If you have any scale, mm. scale worries, you know, December is your, your best month to, to, to spray the white oil. And even 
There are some uh, evidence to suggest that uh, uh, gall wasp, uh, if you spray white oil in, in, in December, you, you get a bit of control there. Of really? The, the, you know, the, uh, the, it's a suffocation sort of a thing. You know, put a film of white oil over, uh, uh, over the, the little mm. gall wasp. Yes. And, 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 and you, can get, you, can, you can kill them out. That was, you know, one of the, 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 the new, new, newer ways of getting at gall. Google uh, wasp is such a pest of a thing, and, and mm. just to put a good uh, white oil through your citrus trees uh, at this time of the year, it's a it's a good precaution. Oh, oh, so you that. use it as a preventative rather than true. when you see something happening. Yeah, yeah true, true. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had a little bit. I've got a, a lot, lots of lemons in a tub, and it's been a great plant. You know, pl- pl- plenty of it always seems to have fruit fruit on, and uh, pro- prolific sort of a thing. It's a bit thirst, thirsty. You got to keep the keep, keep the keep the water going on. But there was just a few fruits with with a few scales. Yep. It doesn't mean they, they'll soon build up. Sort of thing. That's if, so if, true. If you don't yeah. Put a preventative spray on. Yeah. Uh, so. so sort of like yeah, doing yeah, the um, yeah. copper for the curly leaf on the peaches sure, and nectarines. Yeah. yeah, to, yeah to, do it to, before to, it happens. Mm. Exactly. Yes. Great idea. Yeah, sure. Oh, I'm going to try that on on my mm. citrus because yeah, I'm so yeah. sick of cutting oh, off all no, the branches. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. Pest of a thing. Shocking. Yeah. Okay, we'll give that a try. We'll go next to, let me see, we have uh, Bernie, who's in Langwarren. Good morning, Bernie. Good morning to you all. <clears throat> Question, basically, for um, Graham. Um, I've got, where I am in Frankston, Langwarren, it's uh, sandy soil. Sure. Uh, and I've got a grape, which I've let ramble. Yes. Uh, you know, just for a matter of interest, I grow it. <clears throat> Don't really worry about the fruit. Okay. Um, apparently it's a dark one, a black one, and it's I suppose I can't remember the name of it. Um, mm. Sultana-sized fruit. Fruit, okay, yes. Um, sandy silk so wouldn't be ideal for grapes, would it? Oh, I don't know about that. You, you know, down the Mornington Peninsula, there are a lot of uh, vineyards around down there, and I should imagine quite a few of them would be on sandy soils. How long would um, I've had it in now for two years, I think. Sure. Um, how long would it take to fruit? Yeah, well, you know, you know certainly two to two, second and third year, you should be getting some fruit, 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 yeah, fruit on there, Bernie. There's one small bunch <laughs> that's got like um, tiny little um, yes. uh, indication of fruit. Yeah, sure. And that's, that's it this year, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yes, it depends on the vigour of the plant and how it goes, but they, 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 they fruit fairly, fairly readily, you know. Even in pots in the, in the nursery days, sometimes they, 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 they would bear fruit in the, in the pot. So, you know, they, they usually can, off, off and running pretty, pretty quick, quick, quickly there. But, uh, you know, with your sandy soil, it's like the vegetable growers down on the sand sand belt. They found they had to put plenty of, uh, like AB said, compost and organic uh, manure into the, into your soils. There, they just you know they, they thrive on that. And the, the danger with your uh, sandy soils is, of course, you get rain and the, all the nutrients are washed down yeah, through the yeah. profile, and, you, and you've, you've lost them. So it's you know you keep the moisture up there, and you keep the feed f- f- feed going on the the, the, the plants. Dynamic lift would be all right. Sure, it would. Yeah, that, that that's fine. It's an easy way to go. That one. It's good. Good. How good much to scatter would I around. Put? Yep. 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 Two handfuls. Yeah, it depends on you know. If, uh, how's it got? Is it sort of uh, a, a couple of metres tall now? Or? Oh, yes, it's, it's above the fences climbing onto the extension of the trellis. Yeah, oh, it sounds, it sounds good. Oh, you'll, 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 you know, you'll, you'll bear that'll 
in the future you'll gain plenty of fruit off that that sort of vine. And you, you, you keep in it with a bit more feed and, and water. You'll be right. Thank you. Can I just ask one more question? It's sure. to sure. do with a clivia. Yep. yep. Uh, or clivia, whatever. Yep. Um, they're in pots. Um, I'm told I need to replenish the potting mix yearly. And mm. what happens to the little, um, you know, they're like the seed heads where the flower has died? Do, do you leave that? No, I think probably the best time is to, to, to take them off, you know. With the plant, they put their energy into uh, seeds to the detriment of their growth. Growth, you know, they want to reproduce themselves. It's very important for a plant to see another day. I just pull them off. Yes, you pull pull them off. Yeah, cut 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 cut, trim 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 them off. And what about the um, replenishing of the uh, potting mix? Yearly, is it? Clivias, clivia, clivia, clivia. I don't think they do because they're um, they're almost drought hardy. And they'll live in the same pot for quite a few years. Sure, yeah. If the foliage is going yellow, then just start doing some liquid feeding. Mm-hmm. But if it's if if they're pushing out and there's no more room left in the pot, then repot it in best oh, yeah. quality potting mix. But I I leave the um, seed heads on there, and they're so decorative. Great oh, yeah. big red berries yeah, yeah. they true, make. True, true, true. Mm. Very, very green. And and I have them with um with the new flowers coming on. So I had red yeah, seed yeah. heads yeah. and. Yeah. The orange flowers, they yeah. just look sensational, yeah, if you like that colour combo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah good on you. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they'll take a dry spot and they'll take a shady, shady spot, spot, which yeah, not, right. not, not many things will do, so they're great for underneath trees and stuff. But take your point, Margot, they can be decorative, those little bubbles. Mm. You, you, you're right. And yeah. I think if, as long as you keep the feeding up, then it's... Yeah, sure. You know, they seem to grow regardless. Yeah. Tough, 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 tough things. Yeah. Will take quite a bit of neglect. Yeah, yeah right. don't don't worry about potting up until you see signs that it, that it is being you know underfed or you know slightly stressed. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks very much for your time. Much okay. obliged. Okay. Bye. Bye, Bernie. Bye. And uh, next up we have uh, John, who's in Blackburn. Good morning, John. Oh, good morning. Um, I've got a question, which is it's probably a general question about plant propagation, I suspect, but I'm propagating some blueberries from cuttings and I, I put them in a potting uh, propagating mix and I understand that's meant to be low on nutrients to encourage them to send out their roots a bit looking for food. Yes. Uh, what I want to know is uh, when when should you give them a feed? Because they've, they've got a few leaves now and I'm not, I don't know when to start feeding them. Mm. Did you know whether they've taken root yet, whether there's roots on the, on the cuttings? Uh, look, they've been in there for three months or so and, and they did nothing for a couple of months and now some of them are putting out leaves there's five or six leaves on some of them yeah. but I haven't, I haven't had a look at the roots yeah, it sounds like you had success if they're starting to, starting mm. to grow grow there for sure and then probably you know a, uh, I don't see how you would see an AB but maybe a half strength thrive aquasol sort of thing you know in, in, into there to give them some, some, some nutrient to kick, kick on at the stage yeah okay but it, it wouldn't be too early to do that now no, no. I don't, I'm not, yeah. I, think, I think not when, when once when, once the roots are there you, you can start, start to feed and I guess it'll come to the time when you've got to you know pull, pull, pull the potting that uh, seed the you know the the, the the mix out of there, yeah. and uh, se- separate them and put them into their in, into individual pots, uh, and uh, you know I, I guess you can 
that should be done sooner rather than later. You get to the stage where you've got a, n- a number of cuttings in the, in the pot and they all intertwine with the roots and it's hard to s- s- separate. Mm. Oh, them. okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. So some yeah. of them are in individual. Just oh, well, they're in, in individual, that's different. That, that, yeah, that's great. I'll do that and that'll tell yeah, me yeah, yeah, yeah. how the oh, roots are going. It's good to get success there. That sounds great. Okay. Yeah. And uh, just a couple of a comment on things you were talking about earlier. I was interested in you talking about... Uh, currants and gooseberries because I've been growing them very half-heartedly for a long time and without much success uh, but uh, we, well you said um, the black currants don't uh, don't go very well because it's not cold enough and right. uh, I've found with them for what it's worth for some purposes you can use the leaves some cooking purposes because the leaves taste really like black currants oh there you go yes uh, and uh, with the, the red currants it, it, I've had a bit more success but not much but what I have found is that the the white currants seem to do better than the red currants, and they're basically, they yes. taste identical pretty much. They just yeah. don't have that in-your-face red colour. Yes. yes. Yeah, true, true, true. But they, they bear yeah. better, still not brilliantly, but okay. Yeah, anyway, no, 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 thank no, you very no, much for your show. No, great. Yeah, good to back 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 things up there. But my, my old dad he, he used to say, you know, I've tried red currants and black currants. Red currants okay, black currants it's too too, too, too warmer in our, our district sort of thing. And I was thinking of that lady up in the Blue Mountains there. I don't know whether she, you know if she's got the the plants right out in full sun. I think she said sort of thing. There might have been a, a better ploy to put them at the back mm-hmm. of the house where it's shady, rather we won't, won't get to you know in in a cooler area if that's possible sort of thing. Yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Good, okay, good, good well, thanks for you, that, John. John. Okay, thanks very much. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Now, we did have a query uh, from a listener on the outside line about whether um, whether the ABC Organic Gardener diaries uh, that I talked about a couple of weeks ago had actually all gone. Uh, yes, I'm afraid they have, but I do know that they are available. If you're interested in having a look at one, they are available in most news agents. So... Uh, they're, they're quite a good diary, so if uh, people want to check up on those. But uh, thank you to our listeners who supported that a couple of weeks ago. Um, also, we've had a query, Graham. Uh, two separate people have wanting to make inquiries about um, about George, your um, oh, pear yeah, pruner. Kind of, uh, <laughs> they right. would love someone <laughs> to come in and prune their... Okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, someone with a bit of expertise or knows their way. Look, uh, I haven't got his telephone number here. He's, he's, he's got a con, 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 contact number. Perhaps you could uh, pass that through yeah, to me, Graham. That would be the be, easiest. Be, be, and you better best. check okay. that he's happy for that yeah, to be given I'm, out. I'm, I'm okay. he, might, <laughs> he, might, he might be too happy. <laughs> Being a good man. Yes. So, it's always the problem that the, the, you go for someone that's busy, don't you, sort of thing. That's and, right. You're a tradesman or whatever. Yeah. And uh, he... Uh, He's got a, a good name and knows his stuff and does the right thing. So I'll leave that with I'll, you I'll, I'll for make, some homework. I'll make a note here and I'll get back to you, Pam. <laughs> okay. okay, that'll be great. So uh, yeah. to those listeners, uh, yes, we, we will try and bring you that information uh, maybe next week. All right, uh, we're running through until 9.15 as usual. So if you'd like to quickly jump on the phone and ask a gardening question, the number is 94190155 or to chat to Anne on the outside line, Nine four one nine eight three double seven. Margot, last time you were in, um, you were talking about you've actually been commissioned to design a garden up your way. How's that coming along? Oh, uh, <laughs> a couple. Don't tell me it's finished. Yeah. No, <laughs> You're surprised. no, no. One of them um, is on the windiest site we have ever come across. Um, the landscaper met the person. It was a fine day. 
And he said, oh, this is all right, but it could be a bit windy. Well, the, when they went to work there to start drawing the garden beds and lawn and all that sort of stuff, they couldn't hear each other. Mm. And they had to Good actually heavens. work, depending on the wind, they had to work on one section <laughs> or another because they could hardly stand up. These people have chosen the top of a hill so that they can get a 360-degree view. Right. But it's the worst position you could build a house on because they get even the Not slightest... protected at all. No, and they, even the slightest breeze turns into like a hurricane. Goodness <laughs> me. <laughs> so um, we've decided to plant things that are very small, that will sort of acclimatise. Hug the ground. Yeah, yes. and we've been sort of searching for um, wind-tolerant plants and Is things Is it a like large that. garden? Oh, well, it won't be as large as they wanted yeah. because it's very difficult. I'm just thinking, will you be able to establish a, a decent windbreak on a couple of the boundaries? Yeah, well, that's what I've suggested. Yeah. yeah um, you know, yeah. Three, three trees strong kind of thing. And you a know, mix of shrubs and mix, trees yeah, yeah, to diffuse the wind and then that's have right. the garden. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah. they don't want to block the view either. So, no, you know, you sort of... <laughs> <laughs> Lucky it's only a holiday house. They're not going to be living there. So... Um, it really doesn't matter, and they've got they're sort of having several areas where they can sit outside, yeah, so that they can choose. Oh, sounds lovely. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It looks nice, but yeah. honestly, it's just it's hell. Yeah, yeah. Well, after a couple of <laughs> years, they, they, yeah, they might decide they want it. They prefer one view and just make that a really protected yeah. nook. Yeah, even yeah. just to get the lawn going has been for the landscape has been terrible. Well, and of course, the other, off. The, the other problem is if it's only a holiday house, they're not going to be there <clears throat> all the time to maintain the garden. So it's going to have to be pretty hardy as yeah, well. that's right. Yeah. yeah. And some of the beds are in complete shade. Oh, so, goodness. Yeah. It's just... Tricky. A tricky one for you, Mario. Yeah, very tricky, but yeah. lots of low plants. They've got a, there are a couple of snow gums that are there yeah. and, yeah. you know, they're, they're on the lean, yeah. as you can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. but, um, yeah, there's some batters, you know, that's my new word I've learnt, batters. Yeah, lovely. Didn't know that when I was in Melbourne. <laughs> and they've been, um, we're just planting them out with grasses and you know, native things mm. yeah. and in blocks. Yeah. So yeah. great big triangles of plantings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, heavily mulching and then digging down into the mulch yeah. to plant and then sort of like there's a foot almost of mulch, not touching, yeah. but sort of that gives the little young plant a bit more protection before it hits that mm. that wind so it can make enough root growth yeah. in the ground so mm. we'll, we'll try we'll, we'll keep you posted on yeah. that one and i guess a lot of the plants you know down the track you know these these can just be the establishing plants you know and they yeah. when other things have grown and there's a bit more protection um they can put other things in you know i yeah. mean gardens are always evolving aren't they yeah, yeah. that's so true just yeah, it's trial to get error. something in there get you know yeah. get that um sort of nice aesthetic for the for the um house yeah. and yeah, yeah. But I was just amazed how the landscapers were um, just hating that job. They really just loathed going and, yeah. you know, they had to wear earmuffs and, um, yeah, a lot more was sun protection because yeah. they're getting windburned yeah. and yeah. just shocking. So. Mm, there you go. Yeah. Don't but build on top of a hill. Tough, tough, no, tough, tough it's silly just for the view. I mean, if they just tucked it down on one on the north side, yeah. they'd be protected from all that cold south wind, which is the killer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, well, they could have their buffer in there, you know, their windbreak buffer, and then have a path going round to the other side of it to get their view if they want to have yeah. that, you know, southerly view. Yeah. Or build a tower, just go up there and look out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> move the house. <laughs> yeah, just move the whole house. Anyway, so that's been interesting. But Pam, we've um, we've actually moved house ourselves now. Yes. 
We've sold our Melbourne place. Yes. And we're now official country bumpkins. We're, right. never, we're not coming back. <laughs> and so we bought um, nine acres out at a little township, an old gold, gold mining town called Lauriston. And um, it's a very interesting spot. It's where the Coliban River turns into the beginnings of the Malmesbury Reservoir. Oh, okay. So there's, we look out and you can see the water flats. The river sort of meanders along. And then in a wet year, all those flats just flood mm. and fills up. It's like a lake. So we actually perennially will have potentially water views. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and last year, we did have a wet winter and spring and we did have water views. And pelicans came. Yes. And breed it, and yes. then we had black swans. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it was just good. magic. But this year that hasn't happened. We've just got the meandering river and... Um, yeah. So is this due flakes. north of Melbourne? Uh, north west, north I west. suppose, okay. yeah. yeah. It's 15 minutes out from Kyneton. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So Wonderful. we had 15 minutes onto our journey into Melbourne now, but yeah. um, that's right. Just lovely. And we lived there for seven months while we had plans done to do a little renovation. It was an old bunker. Really boring old bunker house, but on a very solid slab. Yep. So we've reused that and then opened it up and lifted up the roof so we get lots of winter sun, which you need in Kyneton and that area. And um, now we've just started landscaping. So if you look out our front window, there's bulldozers and bobcats and rocks and soil. And uh, yeah. So gold country, mineral-rich soil? Well, I, we hope so. Well, there's no – the soil is absolutely – Shocking, and people say, "Why on earth would you, a gardener, go and <laughs> buy there?" But it's a challenge, yeah. and um, I am looking now to be using more common plants on mass, yep. dry tolerant, and everything. The soil is yellow clay, mm-hmm. hard yellow clay, and yep. I'm sure that with the gold mining, it's been just, you know, subsoil yeah. being brought up, it's tailing, yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's set like rocks. Yes, um, and the original garden when we got there was about. Oh, we stopped counting and 50 roses <laughs> and they've all gone. We, we saw them through the spring and I thought, I'll see, you know, if there's anything really nice worth saving. And there wasn't. There were multiples of, you know, things that I wasn't really keen on. Plus one cocktail rose. That's why you knew it. Because I had to go and find out what this rose was. Yeah. Anyway, so that's our project now. Yeah. And um, we've now found three sources of local horse manure and stable manure and uh, this other stuff, compost called Alive, which I've had a couple of loads delivered, and that will bring the soil back to some... And we're deep ripping on the garden beds. Yeah, Yeah, great. Brilliant. You have to do a water percolation test just to see how it drains. Because I I was actually surprised. I did one on my garden and it's really heavy clay, but it's surprisingly well drained. I couldn't believe it. Okay. Yeah, so dig a deep hole, fill it with water and let it soak through overnight and then fill it with water again and measure how quickly it drops down. And um, that'll tell you if it's yeah well drained or you know if it, it drops you know two two or more centimeters in an hour then it's you know relatively okay. well drained. So, so how deep does the hole have to be? Oh, forty centimeters. Okay, yeah. so planting sort of depth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Very good. So yeah, I think you might have started to answer um, Sue's question. We're going to Sue in North Fitzroy. Good morning, Sue. Hello. Yeah, that was very interesting. Uh, this is really poor soil. It's not heavy clay. It's just probably some brought in, uh, you know, sandy soil with no nutrients and there's nothing on hand. So we'll have to buy 
Um, would you suggest manure or compost? Anything or? and everything. Yeah, any any uh, of the yeah. above. Yeah. Anything you can get your hands onto. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just a matter of going to a nursery place and buying. So what would be the best value, do you think? Well, depending on the size of the area you've got to do, um, it's Not whether you go and get a bulk lot oh, or buy it by the bag. It's it's much cheaper to do the bulk. If right. you live yeah, anywhere well, near a race course, go down and ask the stables and they'll you know load okay. you up with some... But any organic matter. But you think manure is best of some sort? A mix. Uh, Definitely a mix, yeah. Yeah, because you want stuff that's still sort of breaking down as well and then, you know, the manure is just going to give you quite a few more nutrients. And, I mean, Mm. you could even put on something like a sheep manure and that's, you know, you can buy that by the bagful and it's really light and and Uh easy to move around, much less weeds than, than horse poo. Um, right. So, and I think um, Bullion Art and Garden again. Um, yep. that, well, they did a while ago. Used to stock the um, the sheep poo in bags, um, wow. which is a really good alternative because it is extremely light to move. Oh, good. Well, thanks so much. Yeah. And the other thing I was thinking, I haven't actually tried this, but um, I was thinking for sandy soils, you know, a block or two of that that coir peat. You know, soak in, yeah, soak it in a wheelbarrow filled with water, and then mix that in because that is, that holds water so well. I'm sure that would work. Yeah. It's like adding fibre to your diet, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just something that retains water. And and I always think if you go out for dinner, I don't know how much you spend, you know, fifty dollars or whatever. But I'd rather go do without the one dinner. And spend that $50 on a load of compost. Just get it delivered to your house and, you know, spread that out on your garden and go to town with it. But, yeah, um, and Sue, I don't know if you have room for, a, you know, a compost tumbler or, or something there or, you know, even a small worm farm where you can be continually adding um, to your soil, you know, because it's not a thing where you just put it on once and then forget about it. You know, you want to be continually putting stuff on every year. Yeah. 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 Yes. Some people get 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 rid of their leaves and lawn clippings, but that's it's criminal, you know. You yeah. All that sort of gear, the more organic matter you can get into the soil, the, 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 the better. You know? yeah. It's like making lasagna, isn't it? It's just or <laughs> put Sarah Lee garden layer upon layer. <laughs> but um, now, I mean, Stephen Ryan, when he spoke about um, using different manures, I think is just such a valid point because if you just buy sheep manure every year, or you just buy chicken manure. You're going to build up with whatever that is in that sort of mix. Yeah. But if every year you put something different on, yeah. you're just, mm-hmm. you know, what you're missing out on one year, you're going to get the next and vice versa. And it all makes this fabulous mix in the end. Yeah. yeah. Although I have to say, I mean, we, we use a lot of horse manure because where we are in the country, there's a lot of people selling it, but it yes. is exceptionally weedy. And all the weeds that we've got in our garden, I pretty much put down to yeah. um, the horse manure. So, you know, I, I would be inclined to steer clear of that or at least, you know, compost it down for a year or so to give give the weed seeds yeah. a chance to break down. But, you know, it, we found a source of stable manure and oh, that's yes. where they just put little fine wood shavings. Yep. Mixed it in with the horse manure, oh, and they're, yeah, they're fed good. by the bale of whatever. So there's yeah. no seeds in it, and that actually adds the co- the um, fiber, fibric matter, yeah. as well as the um, yeah, yeah, yeah. fertilizer. And it's just be lighter to move as well. Yeah, and we've just been using it not on this because we haven't really started this garden, but previously we've used it, and our neighbours have as mulch. Oh yeah, and the difference it has made to their gardens is just they're just begging me to get another load. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> worth every cent. Yeah, spent, yeah. So I might also give you the name of um, a company that do deliver, um, they deliver poultry, cow, 
sheep manure, also mushroom compost, and I've used them uh, in the past, uh, and I found them to be quite good. They're a company called Grow Organic. Uh, they're actually out at uh, Wandon, but um, as I say, they will deliver down to Melbourne metropolitan area, and I know... Um, I know uh, all the community gardens around Melbourne were using uh, their their product as well for, for their gardens. I'll give you a phone number. Thank you. 5964 4846. Oh, thanks so much. Okay. And would that help um, water retention, the, this, the, the manure, or should I add something else as well? That is exactly what it will help you with, that oh, and feeding. Great, yeah. great. Okay. okay thank Thanks so much. Okay, bye. Yeah, thank you. Bye. bye. And uh, next up we have uh, Victor, who's in Maribyrnong. Good morning, Victor. Uh, good morning, team horticultural. <laughs> okay. Good morning. Uh, look, I've got a... Oh, we haven't got much time now. Okay, look, imagine a very hot area like a cemetery, Very a lot of concrete, very hot, a lot of steel. Rosemary. Concrete paths, hard ground, and... Terrible place, right? Might as well be Mars. <laughs> yeah, what's going to grow there? Mediterranean herbs. Yeah, landscape. It's, got to, it's Ballarat, and it's yeah. got to be natives of Ballarat, because we know that oh, at right. least that's a good starting point. Now, what's going to start? What's going to f- survive in a climate like that? Talking about foliage that grows around there, and uh, what's got some colour? Oh, so you didn't necessarily want herbs. No, not necessarily, but because you've got discussing herbs, well, that's already a hardy plant. Uh, so I thought you'd be a real good team to call. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think think of your Ballarat Gardens yeah, no, up stick there. Them a, the... stick, stick them in a planter, and they might see water once a month. Radio. Do you have uh, an indigenous nursery up mm. your way? No, that's, I'm not that's in Ballarat. What... I'm just doing some research through you. But where is the ground that you want to plant? Well, we've got to get permission yet, and oh. that's in the old Ballarat Cemetery. All right. Oh, yeah. Okay. But I'm, I'm just trying to get a bit of homework done first. Sure. Well, there yep. is Goldfields Nursery, mm. um, which would you know they've got a fantastic range of native plants. So I'd be inclined to go to a nursery in that area and even have a drive around that area and see what well, you want something what that's is going surviving. to sit in a pot in an extremely Christ-forsaken area. It's going to be very hot, very cold, extreme temperatures, and totally exposed to the elements. Yeah. And well, I might see water when somebody comes to tend the place once in a million years, well, once a month. That sounds very sad. Yeah. yeah especially if, it, if it's in a pot rather than in the ground. If it was in the ground, it would at least stand some sort of chance of putting its roots out and finding water. But, yeah, you know, so is it actually going in the cemetery, is it? Well, I'm... I'm just trying to find out. We don't even know if we're allowed to even put anything there like that. Sure. Just, just one wonder about, sorry, just about some of the succulents, you know, like uh, Mesembryanthem is one. Uh, the, uh, Does it have a bit of flower? And, yes. Yeah, sure. And that, and that you know, these things grow sort of thing. If you get anything with these succulent-like leaves, they'll actually store water in the leaves and they can see... You know, see our dry periods for you in a pot like that. It's a fair sort of an ask, Margo, isn't it? It yeah. is a big ask. Yeah, but you might know oh, it as pig face. I'm coming to you with a simple question. Yeah, yeah, as Margo was saying, the pig face or the carpa brodus, 
Um, that, yeah, that's a very a very hardy plant, but you know, low growing, but um, lots of flowers. And if you if you've got a big pot, you know, that that might cope with it. Big, what I was trying to think of, yeah, yeah, yeah. What when you say big, what's big? A uh, big pot, uh, you know, um, three foot long, two foot, one foot wide, one foot deep. What, what, give us some kind oh, of. Oh well, yeah. If you could have something that large, that would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bigger, the better yeah. for pots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Portulaca is another one that's tough, tough like that. Might survive for you there. Yeah. So what? What, what is a, a number of plants to pick from, and then put a good combination together. Well, yeah, I think going to that native, local native nursery would be your best bet. Where are they? Oh, I'm not sure where Goldfields is. But yeah, yeah, you'd be able just to Google, Google them. Google Goldfields Nursery. Google Goldfields Nursery. You know when you Google the flaming Ballarat, you ever seen a map of Ballarat? They make the most useless maps of Ballarat. You can't find where you're going. Yeah, but this will bring up the nursery, the nursery yeah, website, yeah, yeah. and that'll give you the address. It's all right if you live there, but I'll tell you what, that's one hell of a place to get around there. Maps are useless. If you want something with a bit of height, you know, I'm, I'm thinking yeah. some of the, um, you know, even Bessaria or something, you know, with a really spiny yeah. foliage, anything with a reduced leaf um, size, yeah. you know, will cope more with the tough conditions. Yeah, and probably gr- gr- really grey really foliage tough. plants is the other thing. They're more yeah. likely yes, to they're more ho- drought tolerant. Ho- hold in there That's too. right. Yeah. Some of the Lamandra grasses might Absolutely, survive. Yeah. So if you put a bit of grass in the bottom, that'll help to keep the moisture in a little bit. A bit of what? No. No? No. No, I'm saying... No, just get a really good potting mix. Get a top-quality potting mix, and that, and you could even add a few more water crystals if it's not going to be watered that often. Um, and, yeah, that, that might... Um, yeah, and put a little p- sign in there saying, please water me. Ah, gee, that's a good idea. <laughs> that's <laughs> a good idea. <laughs> okay, we've well, run I, out I, of time. I really appreciate that. Okay. I'll, I'll look into that. All right. And uh, I'll sort of let you know how that sort of goes. Yeah. Okay, yes, we'll do you. that. Good okay. luck, Thank you very, very much. Okay, bye. Bye. We have indeed run out of time. A big uh, thank you to the team and also to... Uh, to Vicky and Anne, who've been handling all the calls. Um, sorry we didn't get to everybody this morning. We've just been way too busy. But, of course, we'll be back next week at 7.30. Until then, bye for now. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.